You can please pray, come Holy Spirit, with me three times. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I beg you to send forth your Holy Spirit upon each person here today. To speak words of truth and wisdom. To speak words that will help them become the son and daughter that you created them to be. And please give me words that will help that happen. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, I was at a family's house, and um, we were having dinner. And then after dinner, they, we went to the living room. They have five kids, and one of the, the husband, his, his, his sister was over, and she's a senior in high school. And as we were just kind of rough rousing, I was kind of throwing the kids around, um, the senior went over to go put her phone and, and charge it. And as she's kind of sitting over there, you can kind of tell she's like getting a little bit frustrated. And she just goes to her older brother and says, your chargers don't work. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Your chargers don't work. And he just gently walks over there. He's a pretty, pretty smooth guy. And he just grabs um, the end that goes into the wall and says, it's not plugged in. And she's like, very funny, you know, but it, and I said, well, I don't think you're ready for college, so please don't come to the Newman Center, um, but uh, just joking, but uh, it was just interesting how those two little kind of things happened, so her brother's clearly, like, much more gentle with her, um, and I was sarcastic, and I was probably not very helpful, but luckily, I knew who she was, but I kind of wonder for us, you know, that simple image of a, like, being plugged in, you know, you might have one end plugged into something, but are you plugged into something that actually is going to give you life? You plugged into something that's going to give you life. Uh, you know, like when you, when you start having conversions, some of you just are, you know, having conversions this semester. Maybe you went to the SEEK conference or you're joining Bible studies and you're seeing conversions happening and there's like this whole new world at your fingertips. There's, there's so much there, that is out there. You can go on YouTube and it's like a whole new world. You can go on, on Instagram or you can go on um, Snapchat or whatever you're on and there's a whole different world out there that actually is meant to feed you life, to feed you truth. But the thing is, for a lot of us, if we don't go to these, if we don't go to Bible studies, we're not in discipleship, we're not going to these conferences, we are so lost. Like, we are so like that senior, just kind of sitting there. We have the right stuff, but we're not plugged into anything. And I wonder for how many of us, that's kind of like where we find ourselves, you know? And wondering, you know, why are things not working? And the beautiful thing is the Lenten season's beginning, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of my homily today, but we just have to really, you know, get, get plugged in. And then the question is, how do I remain plugged in? And I want to talk a little about, about that today. Jesus speaks to us these, these powerful words just right off the bat. He's at, we're at the Sermon of the, on the Plain. We're getting towards the end of this, this par, three-part parable and going through the past few weeks. And Jesus says and asks a question, can a blind person guide a blind person? Can a can a blind person guide a blind person will not both fall into a pit this is like discipleship 101 you need someone who isn't blind to guide you in life to point out uh you're not even plugged in like that'd be like step one are you are you even plugged in right do you even know how to be fed with the truth and so often you know, we have people around us on campus, I'm sure not here, maybe other campuses, but people are just like, they're, they're discipling people, but they're not discipling people or, or, or mentoring people in anything good or virtuous, right? 
They can show you how to, how to put down a beer pretty fast, right? They can show you how to, to find impure things or show you where, where, very, where all the pits are, right? But the thing is, um, if that's you or you've been there before, like, how's that going for you? I remember when I was having my conversion and I didn't have anybody really showing me a better way of life. I didn't even know there was one. Um, I, thought the, I thought virtue was about as high as a beer can, right? I didn't know there was actually a higher level of standard I could go to. And I, I just remember, like, I just needed someone to mentor me. Um, and, and I, but the hard thing was, I was in those pits, maybe you've been in those dark spots for, but I was so prideful, the last thing I would have done was say, was say, help, help me, right? To, like, put my hand out and to let someone pull me out who might know how to do things better than me. Because I, maybe you're like me, but it, everything was self-will. I got, I got to do things my way. I can't show people that I'm, that I'm hurting, Another image that I want to give you this week is, is the image of a mallard. You know, when you see a, a mallard, like above water, and it's, and it's going on water, above water, it looks smooth, looks in control. But you ever seen a, a mallard below water? It is just like paddling like crazy, and it's barely making it. Everything above the water, right, that people can see, looks totally calm, majestic, peaceful. It looks like nothing's wrong. But when you go below the water, I mean, like the pit, right? It's a mess down there. And Jesus comes to us and he meets us in the pit. He's actually warning us because people that love you warn you, right? And people, and Jesus is speaking from the fullness of his heart, the truth. He's speaking the truth because he says, no disciple or student, if you want to use that word, is superior to the teacher. But when fully trained, every disciple will become like his teacher. And I don't know if you've ever spent time around people, but when you spend time with certain people, you actually start taking on their, on their mannerisms. Start seeing that sometimes when I'm with the focused missionaries. Like when I say, if I, if I said totally, like that'd be a pat word, right? Pat says totally like all the time. When I first met him, I think the first day he said totally like 25 times in a matter of like three hours. It was incredible, right? Um, for, those of you, for those of you who know Jackie, right? It'd be like, Noah, like everything with an, it ends with an ah. And then I noticed like her roommates and, and some people are in her Bible study start doing those same little mannerisms, right? Uh, or like when she walks into the room, hello, hello, right? We all kind of know how that works, how she greets me every single morning. Um, but you, you start picking up the, the mannerisms of, of those you hang out with uh, for better, for worse, for better, for worse. You know, if you hang around someone who, who has a foul mouth, right? It's very easy to start, start letting that slip. So you and I become the people like we, like we, who we hang around with. And then in, in today's gospel, the truth is meant to enlighten us, to illumine us. So we know where to go and where not to go. But also once you are illumined through being discipled, being mentored, then you're called to go do the same for others. And the hard thing is if we've been in those pits, sometimes we listen to voices that are not of God. The voice is not of truth. It comes from an empty heart, comes from the evil one, and tells us, like, your past is too great. Your sins are too big. And that's why, why Jesus, you know, he wants us to always remain in the light. And the very simple truth is that the evil one always wants you to remain in the darkness, in those dark pits. Or to not show anyone that you're like, you're like that duck, right? You're just like, you're just, you're just barely making it. It looks okay up here, 
But if you saw me below service, like my heart, my anxiety levels are skyrocketing, right? Um, my nervousness, my, just my lack of asking for help, it's, it's, it's not good underneath here. And the hard thing is, is when, we, when we start doing this, when we start walking with other people, if you are on the end of like discipling other people or mentoring other people, the hard thing is to forget where the Lord brought you from. And often we have, to re- we have to reflect on how good God is and where he's, he's brought us from. When I, when I go back to my own conversion, I, I go back to those baby stages, I just imagine how p- incredibly patient people were with me. Like I, had, I didn't know what a virtue was. I never heard of virtue, prudence, temperance, you know, justice. Never heard of any of that stuff. And I would just kind of see something and I would just talk. I still kind of do that, but I'm, I'm better now. Oddly, you might not think I don't filter, but I, I, I'm trying to filter, Right? But now if you've been around somebody who hasn't had formation, hasn't been mentored, they, 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 it's like you have, to, you have to be super patient with them because the devil wants to discourage us so quickly and make us think that we're not, we're not getting anywhere. You're always going to be paddling. You're, you're never going to get plugged in. It's never really going to work if you get totally plugged in. But when you and I live in the light of who we truly are, and that's in the, in the light of, of Jesus and his sacrifice for us on the cross, we have to remember to not be ignorant of our own shortcomings and our own faults. You know, it's so easy to see other people and, and pick out their faults, but it's really important that you accuse self. You know, when you, when you start to come to know Christ, you come to know what your fears are. You also realize there's a lot of lies that you and I listen to. Oh yeah, and so do other people. There are a lot of things that we're not proud of, so we're all in that same boat, right? We all have dark areas of our souls that we're thinking, yeah, Jesus, you can go there, but not there, right? But I wonder, I wonder why that is. And maybe it's because we've never just asked for help. Like something so simple, like to be saved, to have a savior is saying, I want to be safe from the pits, right? I want to be safe from the destructive habits that are around me. And for those of you who have been taking up my invitation I've been giving to you every single week for the past two weeks of getting mentored, going to Bible studies. I just want to say thank you. And our world's not promoting anything to remain plugged in or to say, uh, under the service, I'm not doing so hot. Our world's not into that. But our Lord loves when you ask for help. Like that's, like, that's so what he loves. And I, I love that too. So I just want to say, for those of you who have been doing that, I just want to say thank you. And for those of you who are not, you're, just not, you're not there yet. And that's, that's okay because we've all been there. Um, I just want to encourage you to know that all of us here are, are sinners. All of us here have things that we've done that are, that are not okay, we're not okay with. That's actually why we're here. It's actually why we're here because we realize um, I, I, I'm, I'm hypocritical at times and I don't want to be so hypocritical. Um, I'm, I'm falling in the dark pits almost always. And the Lord speaks to every single person here tonight to speak a word, I think, to help us, especially heading into Lent. Especially heading into Lent. So as I, as I talk about Lent right now, I'm throwing no judgment at you. I assume when I go to most things, people, people don't have a foundation of faith. So I'm going to talk very basic here for just a moment. Now, I, I just want to say that I'm probably the biggest sinner here. I, 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 would, I wonder if we had a contest of the biggest sinner in the room. The only sinner whose sins I know are my own. And I know I'm a, I'm a large sinner. I don't, I don't know your sins, but I do know mine. 
And I know that one thing that was a hel- one helpful thing was, was being mentored. And, and I had to learn how to, to not be so reactive in that mentoring process. Psychologists like to use this tagline. They say, life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how you react to it. I want to say that again. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react. All of us have a choice in how we react, right? So I just want you to think of if you had a mentor, right? And maybe you do. And you're like, this Lent, I'm going to let them see everything. I'm going to let them see where I'm not plugged in. I'm going to let them see or her see where it looks okay on the outside, but below the surface, I am just paddling like crazy, trying to make things work. Like, what would happen if you just gave, unlocked your phone and just gave it to your, your mentor, like right now, or someone who's mentoring you, or someone who trusts, and you showed them everything? You know, as you head into Lent, like, just with that statement, as you receive that, how you're reacting to it, what needs to be deleted and cleaned up that is just not healthy for you? You know, often I found that people live in, that live in the light, they're not ashamed of what's on their phone. And it's actually a peaceful thing of like, just be like, yep, yeah, this is my life, this is what I am like, and I have no shame, right? So if you have any apps that you just know aren't healthy for you, just really encourage you to not be afraid to just delete them tonight. Start Lent early. But also there's some really good ones to add, right? So we promote the Hallow app a lot. We promote... Uh, the Chosen series, which is really awesome. We, we promote um, a lot of really good things because a lot of us, we need better, healthier things on our phones. I would actually encourage some of you to be on your phone more this Lent, but just do better things. So often we say, I'm going to be my phone less this Lent. I would say, I don't really care, but clean it up. Like if it's, if it's got stuff in it, be real. Like who do you follow on social media that is just unhealthy? Like one thing I love doing on, on Instagram is I love going through things and just saying, not interested, not interested, not interested. And I just kind of kick the devil in the face. I'm like, take that devil, right? And I have some fun with it because I'm like, it's not going to work. I'm not going to fall in that pit anymore because it only, it only destructs me. It doesn't leave me feeling, feeling better. So think about that one, your phone. What about your computer? You know, when I first started having my conversion, big thing was saying, your computer can be nowhere near your bed or your tablet or whatever you have there. I remember in seminary, we, when, I, when I guys are mentoring me who are above and far, further ahead, they said, your, your, your phone, your computer is too close to your bed. Get that over in that corner. You know, I, I, and I could have reacted negatively, but I just wanted to be formed. I didn't want to fall into the pits, right? You know, if, I, if, if you showed somebody, a mentor, for, for example, your search history, like what you're looking at, like, would that allow you to live in the light of the truth? Or would that be like, these are the pits I'm falling into? What about your room? Or what about your house? Like, what if you invited someone over to your house and showed them your closet, your bathroom, everything? Like, what would happen if you did that? Like, what maybe just needs to be assessed or even reassessed? One quote that our bishop, David Ricken, He'll be here in a couple weeks for Mass. One thing he said to us as seminarians is he said, the cleanliness of a person's room often reflects the state of that person's soul. The cleanliness of a person's room 
often reflects the state of that person's soul. Often I've, I've walked through, through my room with mentors and they would just gently ask questions. Why do you wear that? And if I didn't know why, they're like, you should know why you wear what you wear. Or they'd say, why do you have all of those things up on your walls? And maybe you can look at your own room and thinking like, yeah, that's not really going to help me live in the light and the truth. Maybe it's just time to take it down. A lot of them found that I, I had too much stuff. I just had too much stuff in my room. One thing I kind of like about the minimalist movement is it's just sim- living simply, right? You ever notice when you go into a, to a restaurant and there's just so much stuff on the wall, you have like instant ADD or something? you can't carry on a conversation because there's too much going on. Is, is your room like that, right? Sometimes when my room was like that, I had, to, I had to really throw a lot of stuff away or give a lot of stuff away. I said too much stuff. Maybe that's the Lord's inviting you to this Lent. What about your car, if you have a car? Um, I'm sure most of you have a clean car, but what do you listen to when you drive? Like if, if you went to your mentor and then they, they checked your presets, would they even know you're Catholic? Well, they even know that you're striving for truth, that you desire to be happy. Or even like what podcast do you listen to? Like is, is, is what you're listening to in your car, is it allowing you to live in light or is it pushing you into the darkness? A good mentor, if you have one, who's discipling you, should have free reign just to say, can I just go through your presets? And you know, not to judge you, but because they want you to be happy. Like this is just not going to work and I can remember when I first started being mentored, I wanted to tell my mentor what to do. Mentorship doesn't work that way. He would often just cut me off and go, that mentor, me, you, mentee, right? And it just really helped me take a step back. Last one to look at, I think, this Lent, and probably the rest of your life, to be honest with you. Um, What about your friends? It's a really powerful quote. And it says, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. That can be like really hopeful, or it can be incredibly scary. Even as I said that, I can even feel some of, your, some of you like getting anxious. Because you and I become like the people we hang around. We just talked about that earlier. You know, either, either, your, either your friends are pulling you to the truth, or they're pulling you into, the, into lies. Either they're pulling you into the light, or they're pulling you into the darkness. It's pretty black and white when it comes to friendship. So just for a moment, I just want to pause. I just want you to ask yourself, are my friends leading me toward the truth and freedom in Christ Jesus or away from it? Are my friends leading me toward the truth and freedom in Christ Jesus that I was created for? Or are they leading me away from it? Because when, when Jesus was being squeezed, right? When he's going through his passion that he went through just for me and you, like if you were the only person on earth, he would have done that just for you. You know that? Like he would have died just for you. He would have suffered, scourged, whipped. All of his friends abandoned him. Right? 
but he, had to, he wanted to prove his love. He wanted to prove the truth of them so they'd stop falling into these pits, right? And the hard thing about living in the truth is it's, it's so incredibly bright. I don't know if you've like looked at the sun ever or been like part of like when it's like really bright in a place you can barely see. Everything gets illuminated. The lies and the truths. So no disciple, as we move forward, remember, is, not, is, is, is superior to his teacher. But when you and I are fully trained, and I don't know when that moment will be, I'm still wondering, but you'll be like your teacher. So those of you who are, who are mentors, like it's, it's you know, being mentors, it's to fall in love. It's to be a better person. I remember when I was first having my conversion and seeing priests that were on fire with the gospel, and I said, I, I want to be like that. I don't want to be going through the motions anymore in life. And the hardest thing was having them mentor me and calling me out on my, on my BS and saying, like, are you a Catholic or not? And they, they look at my social media and they're like, yeah, that's not going to work. And that, that stung. Like it, it, was, it was like almost like a bee sting just going right into my heart. But I said, you know what? They know more than I do. And I also asked them to help me. I gave them permission. So as you enter into the Lenten season, and you took one of those things, your phone, go through it with your mentor, your room, your house, right? Your car, but also introduce your friends to somebody who's mentoring you. Just ask them, what do you think? And would they know by the way you act or what you do that you're a follower of Jesus? that you desire to live in the light? Or are you being guided by a blind person who's only going to lead you into deeper and deeper darkness? Take a moment of silence to pause and take a sober pause as we enter into the Lenten season on Wednesday. The season is saturated with grace to help you and I become the man or the woman that God created us to be. And the Lord loves you too much to leave you where you are, but you have to give him permission to move, and to move things for you. So we pause, we pray, and we restart right now. Amen.